Hello, welcome back to the Georgia Daily Fitness Podcast. It has been a while, it's been a few weeks, but we're back. Uh, Happy New Year, which is, I know that's highly unacceptable to say on the 16th of January. It's way too late to say that now, but it just felt like the right thing to say in the moment there. So we're going to roll with it. Um, this week's episode is a Q&A. So it's basically a recording from last night's group call with the RISE members where I answered all of the questions that they had submitted in their weekly check-in forms. There were some amazing questions, really excited for you to hear this and hopefully learn loads from it. So without further ado, here it is. First question, regarding diet, 1600 calories seems like a lot and I'm pretty full after eating up to 1350. Is this okay? Um, And I actually got another question, which is very similar, which is I'm a little bit concerned that my calorie target is too high. So I thought I'd sort of um, batch these together and answer them in one go. So This is a question that I do get asked quite a lot. And let's put it this way. I've actually never given someone a calorie target below 1500 and it's never been an issue. And that is because for 99% of people, that would be way too low. And I think pretty much any fat loss coach who knows knows what they're doing would probably tell you the same thing. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. If there's, you know, the odd day where you feel really full, you feel like you just could not eat, beyond 1,300, 400, that's fine. It's going to happen maybe from time to time. But generally, I do want you to aim to get close to the target that I've set you because remember, calories isn't just about weight loss. I don't. I haven't just set you that calorie target purely for weight loss purposes to try and you know eat as little as possible. That is definitely not the point. Calories are basically energy. They are literally a unit of energy. So if you're not consuming enough calories, you'll probably start to feel pretty fatigued, pretty sluggish. You'll notice that you're less inclined to work out or go for walks. It'll be difficult to build muscle. It can impact things as well, like your menstrual cycle, because your body starts to decompose basic functions when it's not getting the energy it needs. Um, So that's why it is important to generally be consuming enough. Um, And typically when people eat under their calorie target, it can feel sort of doable for a short amount of time especially when you're feeling motivated, right? And there isn't temptations around you. But a large percentage of the time, I would say, at some point, this will lead to overeating because that's what restriction does. And that's why a lot of people are stuck in that kind of yo-yo dieting rut. The other question I probably ask here is how accurate your tracking is. Like, are you tracking everything that you're consuming? Because the research does tell us that most people under track and that can be down to, you know, forgetting things, not weighing things, underestimating weight, uh, not counting liquid calories as well. That's the big one. So things like sodas, alcohol, oil, coffees with milk in it, that kind of thing, or secret eating, it can all really add up. Um, And I'm not asking you to track perfectly. That is impossible and would be depressing to do that. But if anything, just try and overestimate rather than underestimate and just add everything in there. Don't do anything in secret. The final thing I'd say on this is I would prefer you to look at your calories as a weekly average. So rather than like zooming in on the kind of like day-to-day intake, look at the weekly average because ultimately your appetite levels are going to change from day to day. You're not a robot, so you're not going to be able to hit the exact number every single day. And plus there's going to be times where you like go out for dinner, maybe a few drinks, you're going to want a few more calories. Um, so if you look at that calorie intake across the week and, you know, maybe some days you're slightly over, some days you're slightly under, and ideally you're averaging within 5% of the target I've set you, you're going to keep moving forward. So in short on that one, quite a long answer, but it's quite an important question uh, to go through. Trust the process, 
if you're nailing the workouts that you intended to, if you're more or less hitting the step target that I've set you, your calorie target will get you results. Now, if you're not hitting those activity levels, then drop me a message and we can uh, sort of reassess your target. Uh, but it definitely won't go down to 1,300. Um, cool. So next question, I'm struggling to meet my protein target, but have added yogurt to my usual smoothie and chickpeas to my tuna lunch. I'm not a big meat or egg fan unless it's meat with dinner brackets, not cold. Um, okay. So this question is from the person who asked about their calorie target. And that kind of reminds me of another reason that not consuming enough calories can be problematic. And that's that it makes it harder to get in essential nutrients, particularly protein. So definitely another reason to get your, your um, hit your calorie target there. And um, to answer this about protein, so meat and fish are always the best like bang for your buck in terms of calorie to protein ratio. So chicken, turkey, beef, tuna, salmon, prawns, that kind of thing are all amazing. And when I think of the ways that I would prepare these dishes, it probably wouldn't be cold. So I would probably be making them, you know, into like pasta, stews, curries, like chili, those kind of things. And then I would heat them up in the microwave for lunch. So definitely use that, you know, make something for dinner, make extra so that you can have it for lunch. And then that becomes a good um, lunch option. And then yogurt wise, if that is something you're a fan of, try the 0% fat ones because they are much better in terms of calorie to protein ratio. Um, it's not that fat is bad or we want to avoid fat. It's just higher in calories. So we just want to um, definitely want to have it in our diet, but obviously just sort of in a moderation. Um, and then don't be afraid to use protein powder. Yes, you don't want to rely on it too much because ultimately it is processed and you don't want to limit nutrients uh, from kind of natural sources, but adding it to your smoothie, having it with yogurt, having it at a shake at some point in the day is a very easy and cost efficient way to get more protein in. I use my protein, the brand. There's like a zillion protein brands. Most of them are pretty decent. Um, my protein also does the clear way options, which is kind of a bit like a squash. So if you don't like that kind of milky grainy texture, that's probably a better option for you. Um, and a final, final tip, really simple one, is simply to establish what protein sources you do like, and then just add more of those into your meal. So for example, if you like tuna, make sure you're whacking in a whole can rather than like, you know, just having half the can, which I know some people might do. There's no harm in having more than you think would be a normal portion. Um, with yogurt, whack in a few dollops rather than just like a measly spoonful. Um, okay, cool. So next question. Um, exercise, is it more important to make time to hit my 6,000 steps? or make time to do my strength workouts. I'm thinking strength workouts and at least try to increase my steps on the opposite days. So this is a really difficult question actually, because I feel like both of those are so key to your health and both have such major benefits on you know, your longevity and just kind of basically how easy life will be as you get older. Um, I feel like it's kind of like being asked which of your children is your favorite. Um, so to be honest, I would say that the majority of people should be aiming to hit 6,000 steps every day as a non-negotiable because the benefits of walking and natural light and just general movement is next level. But strength training also has a huge bearing on your health. And, you know, especially once you get into your late thirties and beyond, you start to lose muscle pretty quickly at kind of a rate of, uh, like I think sort of five to 8% per decade. Uh, if you don't strength train, that is. 
And that can lead to serious problems as you age, like lack of mobility and just kind of general lack of independence. So, and and also more prone to injuries. So you definitely want to get the strength training in. I would say, can you get the 6,000 steps in every day as a non-negotiable and then strength train once or twice a week, like maybe on the weekend, if you have a little bit more time then, because it's so much better than doing nothing. And it will still have a positive impact, even if you're just doing it once a week. So that's my advice on that both (laughs) um next one i've joined pilates with my friend beginner class starts tomorrow and it's one type of group exercise i'm interested in is it okay to swap that for one of my uh one of my ones in the app and how would i show that yeah that's absolutely fine um as pilates can be quite strength focused you can do that instead of one of your strength workouts if you want Um, i have nothing against classes by the way i just say try and kind of pair them with a structured program so if you're doing kind of a mix of structured strength sessions and then the classes that you really enjoy that would be like the perfect balance and then in the app if you did want to log that there's like a plus icon in the bottom i think right hand corner uh, where you can log any additional activities that you do Cool. Okay. So next question. I never know which entry in my fitness power is accurate, like chicken breast or steak. Suppose it's just a guideline and maybe I'm looking into it too much. Uh, maybe. So I would always search the brand, um, cause you can do this. So I, I think actually the person who's asked this question is based in the Seychelles. So might be a little bit different. I don't know what brands they have over there. Maybe they're quite niche, but definitely in the UK and the U S um, you can basically just put whatever supermarket your food is from. So say you've got it from Sainsbury's, search Sainsbury's chicken breast, and it should come up with the exact uh, option. Um, so just make sure that you then weigh that and then add it in. And if you have MyFitnessPal Pro as well, uh, you can actually scan the barcode of that item and it will come up again with the exact um, product. Um but that obviously costs. I'm not sure how much it is these days, but so it's it's up to you if uh, if you think it's worth it. But yeah, generally I wouldn't look into this thing too much, like chicken breast versus chicken steak. It's kind of all the same kind of thing and the calories won't vary too much. Um, the weight of the product is probably the most important thing there. Um, how can I nail my macros? I honestly wouldn't try and nail your macros which might seem counterintuitive given that I've given you macro targets but I would try to nail your calorie and your protein targets because they are what matters and um, if you're focusing too much on macros like there's a lot to think about you know you're you're not a bodybuilder you, you don't need to be doing that so in terms of getting your fats and carbs right just make sure you're incorporating healthy fats and good carb sources into your diet in most meals and you'll be getting enough you don't need to worry about specific numbers. You don't need to overthink it because it doesn't really play into fat loss either. Um, the main, well, calories in versus calories out is the main thing when it comes to fat loss. Protein is incredibly important for uh, building muscle, supporting your recovery. And also it's very um, it's very satiating. So it can sort of indirectly help with fat loss. Um, is there a way we can record us and send you and you correct our technique, sorry. So yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're on Rise, which I think most people here are on the group program, not everyone, but um, then you can basically just drop, um, you, you can record yourself performing whatever exercise it is that you're unsure on, and then you can upload it into the comments on one of the, uh, it's, like, it's like the top pin, pinned post on the group forum. It's labeled form check, so it's pretty clear 
pretty obvious. Um, just drop your video there and then I will give you feedback. Um, it's like one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> so please don't ever feel like you're being a burden. Just um, drop it in there whenever you fancy. And if you're a one-to-one -one client, then you're obviously more than welcome to uh, send that via Messenger. Um, next question. So I don't have any cardio equipment as I only train at home. I'm not a runner. Is an online cardio workout okay or do you have one? Um, so yeah, online cardio workout is, is more than okay. I would say just do whatever you enjoy the most. Um, you don't need to overthink cardio unless you're training for something specific. Um, so this could even be going on like a brisk walk or an incline walk. So up hills, um, just, just get your heart rate up basically. And, and that will be enough. Um, I enjoy doing Pilates slash bar. Would it be okay to switch out one of my strength training days for a Pilates day? So yeah, I kind of answered this question uh, just now, but that is totally fine. Um, cool. I'm just having a look in the chat. Um, well, I can see we've got one question, so I will answer that at the end, but I just wanted to double check if there wasn't any like comments relating to the questions I had already answered. Awesome. So uh, next question is, how do you get off on the right foot when you feel low in confidence? Um, so with this question, I'm not, I wasn't hundred percent sure what you meant, whether that's like in regard to fitness or general life, but I'm going to assume you're talking about your fitness journey and like how to get started when you're feeling sort of low in like self-esteem. So the number one thing that I try and like focus on is rewriting the story that you are telling yourself so this comes down to mindset and what I mean by that is we all have these kind of self-driven narratives which we per perpetuate in our day-to-day -day. Um, and they can often be pretty negative and therefore stop us from living up to our full potential so that could be something like in your head you're saying I'm not the sort of person who could go to the gym or I'm the sort of person who always has to have a bottle of wine on a Friday night. But the thing is, you don't actually have to be that person. Um, and what helps me to, to overcome these situations or to put it in perspective is the fact that there are people who are in a very similar situation to you who have overcome those situations. And they've done that because they've worked on their mindset because it wasn't an ability problem or it's not always your circumstances obviously sometimes it is but it's often not your circumstances or your abilities it's literally just your mindset and the fact that you're telling yourself you can't so that's the first thing is to start telling yourself that you can do it um and then build the trust with yourself prove that you can do these things and to build that trust you need to start small obviously you can't go in like you can't be this person who doesn't believe they can they belong in the gym to become this person who works out in the gym five days a week, of course not, but start small. Maybe you're going to start working out once a week from home and you build up from there. Maybe you do a few like short sessions each week, sort of 10, 15 minutes, nice and easy. And then again, you build up um, from there. So yeah, just make it super doable, build up over time. And by doing that, you will build that trust in yourself, which is often, I would say really overlooked um, because if you don't have trust in yourself, you are definitely going to struggle to live up to your full potential full potential um and the other thing i would say on this is just take the pressure off so try not to focus on how quickly you achieve your goals instead focus on just moving in the right direction 
and accepting that it will take time. Because if you can just be 1% better each week, think how far you'll have got in a year. What is the rush? <laughs> um, okay, next question is tip for recovery after sessions. Um, I think this is an interesting one because I think people's brain will probably, like for this one, people's brain will probably go to things like ice baths, like massage, um, like um, salt baths, that kind of thing. But those sort of things like don't really do that much. It's like kind of tiny impact of anything. The things that you really need to be focusing on are probably the things that you are more in control of and are kind of doing in the day-to-day -day anyway. It's more just about like perfecting them. So sleep, diet, and just moving a bit more, not sitting down too much. So in terms of sleep, well, this is something that is hugely uh, underestimated underestimated or just kind of under underrated really in general something that people really overlook but you need to make sure that you are getting seven to nine hours of sleep most nights obviously some people are not in a situation where they can do that if you've got kids or if you just struggle with your sleep in general um but some people are just not getting that amount of sleep through their own habits so you know scrolling late at night um just not not going to bed at a reasonable time when they have to get up early or, you know, snoozing their alarm. Um, so these kind of things, you know, you just, it's, if you're in control of it, it's worth kind of getting on top of that. Um, with your diet, you just want to make sure that you are consuming the right amount of calories. Again, it goes back to making sure that you're not under fueling and then protein again, super important here, uh, because protein helps your muscles basically to, um, to repair, recover, and therefore grow stronger. Um, and then in terms of like moving more, um, the more you sit down, the more your kind of muscles are going to tighten up. They're going to feel just quite stiff and achy. Whereas if you're moving, if you're getting in your active recovery, so getting in your steps, um, maybe going for like a gentle bike ride or something like that, just to avoid sitting down at the desk for maybe like nine hours a day, that's going to really help as well. If you find you get hip pain after a workout, that's probably down to sitting down um, for too long after your session. It's something that I get a lot and therefore I've invested in a uh, walking pad to put under my desk. So what I'm trying to do at the moment is an hour or two on that each day. And I think it has genuinely helped with my recovery as well as getting more steps in. So it's a win-win. Um, okay, cool. So next question, is it better to keep perfect form and full range of motion even if this means you need to lift slightly lighter. Um, so generally, yeah, we want to aim for good form. I probably avoid using the word perfect just because it's a bit of a unrealistic, unrealistic, unrealistic expectation. Um, everyone's form is going to look quite different because everyone moves in different ways. Everyone has different anatomy. Um, so there isn't always really like a perfect form um but yeah mostly good form and good tempo as well is what we want to aim for so by good tempo i basically just mean don't rush through the movement that's something that i see a lot of people do when they first start out in particular it's like kind of like going at that kind of speed as quickly as they can avoid that as a general rule of thumb try and take two to three seconds to lower the weight and that is going to really challenge the muscles a lot more and make it a lot more effective um but yeah form and tempo very important for progress and for avoiding injury as well um but that said i would say like sometimes when you're pushing yourself hard and you should be pushing yourself hard if, you know eventually maybe not right in the beginning but eventually if you really want to keep progressing and building muscle 
like those last few reps of your set might not be quite as pretty as the first few. I think that's just a fact. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're still getting full range of motion. So yes, that's important. And as long as you're obviously not putting yourself in a dangerous position. Cool. Next question. So in an ideal day, which includes a workout, when do you think it's best to stretch slash do mobility work? There are obviously lots of benefits to stretching, but my goal is to increase flexibility. If that makes brackets, if that makes a difference on timing. Um, to be honest, I would say timing doesn't make a huge difference. The best timing is the one that best suits you, you know, where you're actually going to get it done on a consistent basis. Um, generally it's good to do dynamic stretches before a workout. So stretches that take you through, take your joint through its uh, end range of motion. So you basically keep moving rather than just staying static. So that can really help with your, like prepare your body for the workout. And then generally we want to do static stretches after a workout. Um, and then I would say at any other point in the day is a good time to, to do some mobility work. So yeah, don't overthink this. It doesn't make a huge difference as long as you're avoiding static stretching before a workout, because that can uh, negatively impact the quality of your workout. <clears throat> okay. I know you've given us some great tips in the past about preparing for a morning after a night out. Uh, can you remind us of a few, a few of these, please? Uh, yes. So I'm assuming that alcohol is involved in this and that's why um, you're thinking that maybe you won't be on your best form the next day and uh, why you need to uh, put some measures in place. So I would say the first thing to do is just what alcohol does is dehydrate you massively. So you want to make sure that, um, hang on, was this preparing for, yes, okay, what to do in advance. So yeah, water is the main thing, making sure you've got a big bottle of water on your bedside table so that you're more likely to drink it. Um, and then the next day, again, just drinking as much as possible. Um, and I would say using electrolytes as well is a great way to rehydrate. Um, so you can obviously you can just Google that electrolytes is a good thing to have in the cupboard if you are prone to having the odd drink or two and feeling a bit rough the next day. Um Cold showers are proven to be a good way to bring back up your dopamine levels, which is something that alcohol depletes and therefore you feel a bit rubbish. And, you know, the day after alcohol, like it's nothing kind of gives you joy and you feel quite anxious. So bringing, um, having a cold shower can be a good way to bring the dopamine back up if it's worth it for you. Um, and then I would say like in terms of like staying on track with your diet and your training. So I would just, like plan in advance what you're going to have the next day. So if you know that you are prone to having a takeaway, like a pizza or something, can you get in a lower calorie alternative? So if you're, if you're like, okay, usually I'm going to have a Domino's pizza or whatever. Can you just get in a supermarket pizza? So it's in the house and that's what likely what you're going to go to as your kind of like hangover treats or, you know, sort of stodgy food versus getting the dominoes, which is probably going to be three times the calories. So yes, it's maybe not always ideal to have a, a pizza um, if it's purely because you're feeling hungover, but actually it's much better than having something way more greasy and calorific. Um, anything else I'm trying to think is that there's any other tips I would give on that. I think in terms of like training, because I 
ideally you want all of your workouts to be optimal and you want to uh, perform your best and get the most out of it. Try and avoid having a heavy session on a hangover day or a day where you're just not feeling your best. Obviously it's sometimes, I guess that's unavoidable. Um, but if you can just get your steps up instead, um, that would be ideal. Cause obviously that's something you should still be able to manage, um, allows you to get some movement, get some fresh air, natural light, have you feeling good, but without, um, yeah, like I think sometimes a workout can also tip you the other way. Um, okay. Next question. I would like to understand if having treats brackets staying below my calorie target is impacting my progress. Uh, so no, if you're within your calorie target, having treats will definitely not negatively impact your progress. In fact, it will probably positively impact your progress because you're much, you'll be much more likely to, to stick to it, right? If you're incorporating things that you enjoy into your day-to-day. You know, if you deprive yourself of the things that you enjoy, at some point you're probably likely to cave and you're probably be, you're probably going to have those treats, but not in moderation because you've deprived yourself of them. You're going to want to have a lot. The floodgates open. So yeah, the best diet is one that is scattered with the foods that you love. And yeah, don't feel like you need to reserve them for cheat days because that's doesn't need to be a thing when you can have them all the time, as long as you're sticking roughly within your calorie target. Um, cool. So next one, I feel like my form is good on these types of exercises. Should I be maxing out at the last rep? I've heard I should be in, I should be in order to build muscle. So pushing yourself to failure is definitely going to help with muscle growth, but you don't need to do it all the time and you don't need to do it for every exercise or every set. So I would personally be pushing very close to failure with most of my sets except for with warm-up sets, because we'll see when you first start a workout, you kind of want to ease into it slowly, build up the weight so that you don't overdo it or cause injury. Um, and then I probably push, personally, I push myself to failure for the final set of most exercises, depending on how I'm feeling. So if I'm not feeling my best, I won't, but if I'm feeling good, then I will push myself. There's no hard or fast rule here. And there's a lot of research that says kind of different things about whether you need to push yourself to failure or not. Um, but yeah, as a general rule of thumb, I would just say take most sets close to failure for optimal muscle growth. Um, and I would also say that I do this more often with isolation exercises. So isolation exercises being exercises that target kind of just one muscle group. So maybe bicep curls, tricep extension, lateral raises, the ones where you typically go a bit lighter on. Um, so yeah, I would go to failure more with those ones than I would with the compound lifts, compound lifts being ones where you use multiple muscles and joints. So, um, deadlifts, squats, lunges, that kind of thing. And that's because you're just more likely to get injured from pushing yourself too hard with something like a deadlift or a squat, where if your form goes and you're pushing really hard, it's just not a good combination. It's also quite a big stress on the nervous system, um, because probably you're going to be lifting quite heavy weight. So you don't want to be pushing your pushing yourself too hard all the time with compound lifts. Um, but isolation exercises, you know, you're probably not going to injure yourself or tax the body too much by um, pushing yourself hard on like a bicep curl or something. So, um, but yeah, remember that true failure as well. This is something I like to remind people is true failure is when the weight physically stops moving, not when you decide to stop because it got too hard. Um, and to be honest, most people have never pushed themselves to true failure because they're not used to getting that comfortable. 
it's a skill in itself. And it's not a bad thing if you've never pushed yourself to failure. It's not something you absolutely need to do to progress. Um, and certainly if you're new to strength training, you don't need to worry about this. Your focus should be on, you know, getting comfortable with your form and just like getting comfortable with lifting weights. Um, but as time goes on, it can be a good thing to to try out and push yourself a bit harder on if that's kind of your goal. Um, okay. I have a goal to be able to do pull-ups this year and would love to do some additional back slash grip focus sessions. Um, e.g. similar to the push-up challenge, but for pull-ups. So I saw this question earlier, actually. And since then, I kind of thought it was a really good idea. And I've actually now created a pull-up, not a pull-up challenge, but more of like a pull-up program, which all of my clients now have access to. So um, if you go into the workout, uh, where is it on the app? It's in the resources section under workouts click on pull up. I can't remember what I called it, maybe pull up challenge or something. And it will be there. Um, it's a 12 week program. And I've basically just given you short sessions. So each session literally has one exercise and you can, um, you can do this at the beginning of a session is probably the best time to do it. Cause you're going to need to do it at a gym. Um, it's not like push ups where you can do it from home cause it's body weight. Um, it's literally one exercise that you can do at the beginning of any workout that you do. And if you just do that, like three, there's three sessions a week. If you do that on a regular basis, that'll be an amazing way to build up your pull up, uh, your back and your grip strength. So there we go. Um, cool. We've got a few more questions. So almost there. Uh, regarding cardio, I have been doing mainly indoor biking. Could I do a hit session instead or go for a run? I can see that all the strength training is paying off upper body wise, whoop, whoop, um, but could do with something that targets the lower body more. Thanks. Um, yeah. So similar, similar to that other question I answered just now about cardio, I want you to have a bit of fun with it because then it's more likely that you're going to stick to it in the long run, which is the main thing. So unless you're training for something in particular, like a a race like running or something just do what you like fancy doing what you really enjoy but the one thing i will say here is cardio doesn't really build much muscle um that's going to be done a hundred times more efficiently through strength training so you know hit sessions they might incorporate like a million squat jumps or burpees but that and it you might really feel the burn but that isn't actually going to do much for your lower body muscles believe it or not even if you feel super achy the next day compared to doing something like heavy barbell squats or romanian deadlift it's not doing anything so if your goal is to build more strength in the lower body that's what you've got to be focusing on in the, in the long term it's it's lifting those heavy weights and pushing yourself to a higher intensity especially with the big lifts you know squat hip thrust deadlifts you want to be building up with those you want to be pushing 30 40 50 kilo plus eventually um, so if I'm not sure if this person is working out from the gym or home off the top of my head, but if you're working out from home and you're looking to grow big like leg muscles, it might be at some point worth, I mean, getting yourself heavier weights if you can, or getting yourself to the gym and, and pushing yourself there. Um, fab next one. I'm combining rise with a 10 K running plan and got some longer runs brackets, eight to 10 miles where I should be fueling. How do you suggest managing this whilst trying to stay in a calorie deficit? Um, so I'd say that the timing of your runs is most important here, regardless of whether you're in a calorie deficit or not. 
you should be consuming balanced, nutritious, filling meals. And this is exactly what you want to do to fuel your runs as well. So it kind of um it it kind of works out well in that regard because they have the same um requirements to 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 reach the same uh, to reach their goals. So I would say try and time it so that you do your long runs about two to three hours post meal. So that might be late morning after breakfast or late afternoon post lunch and ensure that your meals are high in carbs because that is the body's preferred source of energy. Um, And then in terms of fueling mid run for eight to 10 miles, you won't need loads. So I would stick to something like gels because they are, um, they're pure carbs basically. So, you know, they don't have anything else in them that are unnecessarily using calories. Um, you just get what you need from them basically. And then on those days, if you do feel like your appetite is affected, you might just want to consume a little bit more, you know, hundred, 200 calories more. And as long as you're still averaging within, let's say 5% of your calorie target for the week as an average, that's all good. That's totally fine. So, and, and what you could do is like then consume a little bit less on other days, um, to kind of balance it out. But what I would say is if you get to the point where you're absolutely ravenous, you're unable to stick to your target because running can do that. It can play with your appetite. Um, everyone kind of has a different, um, everyone's affected by it differently. So some people will be uh, affected more than others. Um, but yeah, if you feel like you can't stick to your target, then message me and we can reassess that. Um, cool. So how to best manage family meals? Should I just eat my own different food so that I can log it? Uh, my kids are teenagers and due to everyone's schedules, we really only eat together at the weekend, st- struggling to calculate food macros from a recipe. Um, so I think with this one, it it kind of comes down to your values, right? You know, sitting down and sharing a meal with your family is really special and important time for you. And you don't really want to spend it like weighing out all your ingredients, logging it on your phone, worrying over calories, then don't, especially if this is something that is only something you do at the weekend. Um, what you could do on those occasions is just estimate. So like, because of the rest of your diet, if you're tracking it and it's pretty accurate, um, then the weekly average, which as I said, is kind of what really matters is still going to be pretty accurate. Um, you can use chat GPT. Um, you can like ask it to give you an estimation of your meal, you know, just add in the ingredients, say roughly how much you've had. Um, that will give you an estimation, add that into my fitness power using the quick add feature. Um, and that's a really easy way to just like add something in without having to, you know, spend ages sort of overthinking it, tracking it, weighing out your ingredients and all that. Um, And I say just like, remember, just because you're not tracking doesn't mean you can't make food that is healthy and family friendly, like fat loss, friendly meals don't need to be boring. So you can get a bit creative, you know, make sure you prioritize protein, make sure you incorporate plenty of veg or salad, and then just be mindful of uh, portion size. And you, you can't go too far wrong with that. So just if you're not tracking it, that doesn't mean that you're not staying on track. Um, I don't have kids myself, so I don't have firsthand experience of this, but feel free to post these kind of questions on the group because I'm sure others um, might have some helpful tips on this. 
Okie doke, final question. And then if you guys do have any more questions for me, feel free to pop them in the chat box on Zoom and I will answer them after this. The final one is, can you tell us a little bit more about creatine and whether it's worth adding it as a supplement to our diets? Um, I've seen a few members chat about it on here and I'm keen to know more. So yeah, absolutely. Creatine is one of the most well-researched and one of the safest supplements out there. So it's basically a naturally occurring substance that is stored predominantly in your muscles. In terms of food, where you can get it from, it can be found in meat and fish. Um, so obviously veggies, vegans are going to struggle to get it. Um, the body does produce it naturally in the, I think, kidneys and the liver and the pancreas, I think. Um, but yeah, to, to get a little bit more, you can get it through meat and fish, or you can supplement it with um, the creatine supplement. It's called creatine monohydrate. So the benefits of that are more pro uh, sorry, more creatine in your system enhances strength, power, it improves exercise performance, it contributes to muscle mass, it aids in recovery, and it's also said to have cogn cognitive benefits too. So there's a lot of benefits associated with creatine. As I say, it's really well researched. It's totally safe. So there's no um, like drawbacks to taking it. Um, I would like the one thing I would say is you're not going to take it and suddenly see like life changing results from it. You know, the, the benefits are going to be small from it. But even if it's like tiny gains, it's probably worth it because it's also positive and it's not very expensive either. So the typical dosage is three to five grams a day. And yeah, it's something that I would probably recommend to basically anyone, especially if you don't eat meat, since you won't be getting any through your diet. So that is creatine. Definitely get on the creatine train. Um, final question on the chat here from Dahlia. So how can we see our macros from prior weeks? For example, on rise, I like the way it averages for the week, but I can't figure out how to go back to the last week. I might need to get the app up for this and remind myself. Um, so it's the macros from previous week. So you can definitely do this. Um, I think if you go into the kind of like nutrition section of the app, and then you can just click uh, top left corner, there's an arrow and it will, well, first of all, switch from daily view to weekly view. And then you can just use the arrows on the left and right hand side to toggle through the weeks. Uh, so hopefully that makes sense and answers your question. I think you can do it on my fitness pal as well, um, which works probably quite similar. Um, if, but if you are still unclear on that, then just drop me a message on the app and I will send over a screenshot of what I mean. Um, fab, I think that is everything guys, unless anyone has any other questions, but it doesn't look like it. So I will leave you to enjoy your evenings. Thank you so much for joining and I'm sure I will catch up with you guys soon.